It's Thursday. I'm Andrew Dowd with Soners and Associates. It is time for another episode of the Happening in the Hamptons podcast, our weekly breakdown of the Hamptons market, new listings, and events on the East End. As always, we are sponsored by New York Title Abstract, the Hamptons' leading title insurance firm. Visit NewYorkTitle.com or TitleInsurance.com. Joining us today is Steve Glick, Senior Vice President of Advertising and Marketing, Dave Retiner, Vice President of Digital Marketing and Technology, and our returning champ. Here in Brew. <laughs> this is the third time, right? Yeah, third, third, time. third time. I figured it out another 1,680, and I'll be right there with Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> 10, 10, million, 10 million listeners and 100 million bucks. Otherwise, we're neck and neck. There you go. So, uh, so what do we want to talk about today? What's going on? Um, I think the thing that everybody wants to know when they uh, go to buy a house these days is how to win the bidding war. Yes, that's yeah. true. Uh, very few deals go into contract nowadays without some sort of competitive situation. So, so we um, say start with hiring Kieran. Of it's, easy enough, then, it's, it's easy enough though, right? It's getting a little easier. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, the house it's is competitively priced. It's it's outrageously competitive. Right. And that's part of the problem is that, um, you know, is, is that the, um, you know, the houses are less competitively priced and we can get yeah. into that because like everything the bidding war is all about pricing and uh, listing your house uh, you know selling your house it always comes down to pricing well scale it back like what is a bidding war what do you mean by a bidding war bidding wars are fun bidding wars are really interesting because <laughs> are they really uh, fun or is it like uh, a, it depends yeah, fun, and, you know quote unquote, uh, a little of both it really it's, it's a little of both it really depends on the situation the buyer it's funny because every buyer will say to you I don't want to get in a bidding war, you know, don't, if it's competitive, I'm out, you know, first thing you do, and then next right. thing you know, you call them up and you say, oh, there's another offer, and next thing you know, you're dealing with Braveheart, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like, I am Brienne of Toth, yeah, Knight yeah. of the Seven Kingdoms. Because yeah. then they've seen the house, they have an emotional attachment to it, it, and they want yeah. it. Yeah. So it's like, well, what's it going to take to get it? You know, it's funny because that, bringing up Game of Thrones reminds me a lot of like how how long ago was that? Doesn't it seem like it was another lifetime? Yeah, it was a while ago. I mean, like, and yeah. like, where did it go? <laughs> For years and years, you know, yeah, Grand of Thrones was everything was everywhere. That's all we yeah. talked what's about. He, he exactly. Right that was He's the last screwing something I saw. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how, as a culture, we move on so quickly. It is amazing. You know, yeah. we just. We, we just like, we forget. And I always say, and this is true in business too, we never see the peaks from the valleys or the valleys from the peaks. Think about the um, financial crisis in, uh, on a dime. in 2010, you know, we're lighting $100 cigars with $1,000 bills. And then three months later, we're like, what's the credit default swap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, w then all of a sudden you turn on the TV and it's like, we will never see the Dow at 18,000 again. Yeah, yeah. Like, and let's hope that's true at this point, because, you know, that would right. be a major problem if that mm -hmm. turned out to be the case. Meantime, now the Dow's at 34. And I saw a competitor on Instagram the other day, a uh, very high profile uh, personality on a Goldman Sachs speech saying, we've, we've undergone a permanent change in demand. And well, the first thing I thought is, oh, that's typical corporate doublespeak for that yeah. guy. But there's no such know, thing as a permanent, permanent change. change is like, as soon as you think that you've got, you know, you're lighting $1,000 cigars with $100 bills or whatever it is, you know, you got to watch your back. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, nothing is more dangerous in business than complacency or comfort. The minute you're feeling comfortable, you know, something's going on. So, you know, we are right now in a seller's market. And one of the things that that 
means to a lot of people is, well, I can get whatever I want for my house. Right. And that's just not true. Right. Price still matters. That, Price always matters. It means that uh, and I mean, we can get a little more. You, it'll sell a lot you faster. Can, you can get a little more, and you have more leverage. Yeah. But the problem right. is, you trade away your leverage when you overprice. Mm. Right. So you give away your advantage when you overprice. And you know, this is a conversation I think you've had with a lot of people on this podcast. I know I've brought it up in here before. You know, number one rule in winning the bidding war is listen to your broker. Uh, you know, <laughs> we go through this all the time. We know what we're doing. We know how to navigate the waters. You've seen it a before. lot of times, yeah. I mean, a lot of times people want to say to me, uh, "Okay, what do I have to do? Uh, you know, what what do I have to do to get this house to buy this house? Where is it going to trade?" In a buyer's market, the question is, "What will he take for this house?" Let's say it's listed yeah. at two million dollars. Right. What will he take? Will a million five get it done? Nowadays, the question is. What is somebody else going to bid for this house? Mm, so right. if the house is listed at $2 million, is he going to see a bid in the high one one eights, one nine, something like that? Is he going to see a bid of two or two or better? Mm -hmm. We have the data. We have the comps. We know what's going on. So it's not. It's, there are a few unique properties out there that, that don't have comps, but most everything does. So we know. Right. And we know that things are bidding, that things are trading for above their comps. So... Right. You know, it's, it's it's. But how does one get into a bidding war? I feel like you know, you see a house for call it two million dollars, and you say, "It's listed for two million. I'm going full ass two million dollars. I feel like I'm done. I got the the house is mine. I went to exactly what they wanted. What happens after that? What happens after that is a lot of things can go wrong. You know, okay. and that's again the, having a broker that can get this done for you is really important. It's more than just somebody who's your cousin or somebody who you know or somebody who you've used before and maybe you liked or didn't like. You know, you have to have, I've said this before on the podcast, you have to have a broker. I mean, you have to have somebody that you talk to about real estate. If you're, if you're an investor, if you're a homeowner, if you're thinking about being a homeowner, you should have somebody that you're comfortable asking about, hey, this house just came on the market down the street for me for this. What do you think it's worth? And if that person's not willing to have that conversation, well, call me. <laughs> I'll right, have the conversation right. with you. The um, what happens is that all of a sudden that house is worth two million dollars. Yes, you've got a deal. Yep. Yes, you've got it done. But if somebody comes in at two two, mm -hmm. it's really hard for a homeowner to turn that down. So now they say, "Oh my gosh, someone just came in at two two. We're not in contract yet at two million. You know." Now we're at two two. Now are we in a bidding war now or not yet? Like at what? Point? Well, at this point, you have to assume that you're in a bidding war. Yeah, you know? I mean, right. you have to go right after. Yeah. And if somebody's okay. out there for two million dollars and you think that that's a good price and you want that house, yeah. one of the other things you have to do to win the bidding war mm -hmm. is get rid of that word win. Okay. And a lot of times that's what happens out here, especially because we're not dealing with a, uh, you know, it's it's not a. A, it's not a necessary purchase. It's it's a um, it's, luxury purchase. It's yeah. a luxury purchase, exactly. Well, for some so people, it's necessary. for most people, it's a luxury yeah. purchase. Although some people have to have it, and that's understandable. So, you know, what happens is people get out here get get hung up with winning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I want to get this, and I'm not going to overpay for it, and I'm going to pay seven million five hundred thousand dollars and not a penny over it. Right. Well. That's an arbitrary number that this person came up with just yeah. because, like, this is the number I'm going to spend on a house or this house or whatever it is. Yeah. Nothing will change that number faster than a bidding war. Right. You know, I, I 
can't tell you the number of times that I've heard buyers give me long, detailed, very well-reasoned explanations of why they can't pay a penny more for a particular house. It has to be at this price. Okay, fine. Then next thing you know, here comes Brienne of Tarth, and <laughs> you know they're two hundred thousand dollars over where they said they, you know. Yeah. So what they do? They found the coins in the couch cushions. You know, it's <laughs> like no, it's they have seven. They have seven, seven, five. So let me ask you though, what's like a strategy? So go back to what Steve was saying. So house is listed for two million. It's a hot house. There's three people involved. One of them is your client, and they're like, I'm going to make an offer for two, and you find out that they just received an offer for two one what what how do you handle that situation well the first thing you have to do is have your is have your buyer ready the buyer has to be ready and that means that you have to you have to have your 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 money lined up attorney you have to have an attorney lined up you have to have an inspector lined up and that's that's our job you know if you don't have an attorney i'll get you an attorney you need an inspector i've got guys that'll be here tomorrow and And this is all happening in a matter of like this, is happening before, like this, this yeah. should happen before you look at the house. Okay. You know, you should have all this stuff ready. You should be, you know, locked and loaded and ready to go. And so, um, you know, you, you get into the situation where it's like $2 million. Okay, now we have 2-1. Well, you have to decide. Like, what but the best it, way to do it yeah, is to say, what is the most you will pay for this house? If you know it's already in, in a... Yeah, in, what's that number? What is that number? And go to that number first. Right. So if this house is worth two, and I think for sure, and the broker that I know who's a straight shooter and he tells me the truth, it's like I've got other people, I think they're getting ready to drop an offer. You've got to be ready to say, look, this house is going to go over ask. Mm-hmm. I think you should come in at 2 2. Right. You know, do you think this is wor- house is worth two? It's worth 2 2. You know, is it worth 10% more in this particular market? What are your other options? Is part of the strategy when you make the the offer that goes above what you expected to pay? Is part of that strategy like, okay, I'll go this price, but you got to do it within this time frame. And this is can you can you give can you put any pressure on the seller? Like, look, I'm going to walk away if you don't do it now. Like like the guy in Shark Tank, Mark Cuban does that. He's like, you got. He's like, you got to take you the deal right now. Friend, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, it. you're either doing it now or I'm out. It all know? depends yeah. on the environment. It all depends on the yeah. environment, and you know. <laughs> You know, a lot of times buyers will say, "Okay, well, this, you know, this has a, a, a you know, an expiration date." And I can't tell you how many times uh, a buyer has said that, and then you know, two weeks later has come back and, or, or, and dropped out because he said, for whatever reason, I'm not going to go any higher. I don't want to get in a bidding war. All of these things that they're just posturing, right. you know, and they're just positioning, and that's that's normal and understandable. Then all of a sudden, they win the bidding war at two four or right. two five. Two weeks later, they're the dark horse that comes in out of nowhere, right. and they're like, you know, guess who won? That guy who said he was out. Two weeks I got a ago. question. Yeah, like, when is when is like enough enough? Like, how many times are you going to go back? Like, it's two million. Now you're at two two. The other person's two three. Now you're like, well, I'll go two three fifty. Now I'll that's, go two four. That's like tough. at some point, it's got to well, end. Right? Well, that's why a lot of a lot of people that do this regularly will just say, look, we need to go to either a best and final okay. or or some sort of a, a sealed bid situation. Right, right, right. And um, you know and you have to respect the results of that because what will happen is you'll get people that are like, well, they're they're neck and neck. Let's go back to them. Yeah. It's like, look, you said it was best and final because the worst thing that can happen is all of a sudden you lose both and then you have to go back to the number three or the number four <laughs> right. and now you no longer have the leverage and they're thinking, oh, well, well I'm, I was a 2-2 two, two before and now all of a sudden I'm a 2-1. 
Uh, well, I've seen that in this. Uh, I've seen that in, in this office with um, another uh, another agent, where they were in a bidding war, and then they got to a certain number, and they both walked away. Well, the seller could be a little bit greedy, and, say, and oh, they were like, more, they don't, they don't, we don't, they don't like to stay. They gotta get, they get bad energy. Again. They get bad energy. Both people get bad energy from the seller, and they're like, the seller's a it's, jerk. It's strategy. Screw you. We're out of here. It's a good strategy. That's why you got to work you know? with an agent that has the experience winning the bidding war in the bidding wars, knows the market, knows the comps, and advise you when is when enough is enough. And also the agent on the other side that's working with the seller to be advised the seller, say enough yeah. is enough. Like we, we could potentially lose both deals and that would be devastating to everybody. Yeah. So what is the key secret to winning? What's your what <laughs> yeah. is the key you know well, well well one of them is to take away that to take and where's away the market the, going the competitive well. uh, to take <laughs> away that competitive uh, Take away the competitive juices, the winning part. Winning means you get what you want, right. meaning you get this house for this price. price. Right. And I say to buyers a lot, look, if it goes over this, you don't want it anyway. Yeah. I mean, you've said that. You've said you're not going to 2.5 on this house. So if somebody else is willing to pay 2.5, you're not. No loss there. I mean, it's just that's just what it is. Um, this sounds like eBay. Isn't this just like eBay? You go and you well, make a bid, you get your highest I mean, bid. Just really intense. Out, you know, at some point, time has to end. I mean, it does. It does. And uh, a lot of times, the best way to do that is the most effective way for a seller to make sure that they're not getting that is to say, okay, look, we've got three or four people that are interested, yep. two or three even, let's go to best and final, you set a date, you set a time, noon. And, and that's what it is. And this is it. Then, you know, and then the market High does noon. its job. <laughs> then you know that yeah, you've, then that you really you've find the highest seller. that yeah. you've gotten the most that your house will, will yield. So do you go over ask if something you know is really good? You, you, do you advise your client to say, go a little bit over ass? <laughs> I advise my clients, yeah. I mean, it's like if, if, I'm, if I've been working with a buyer for a while and I know that this is what they want and I know that it's competitively priced, I will tell them, okay, this is where you need to be. Okay. Whether they come in at that price sure. or not is up to them. A lot of, of times they don't and um, a lot of times they don't get the house. Um, I mean, talking about like from a, a buyer's uh, or a seller's standpoint too, we've <laughs> talked about pricing a house competitively in other words like pricing it for a bidding war you know like under specifically undervaluing the house to see where it goes well yes and and, and it's it's there's a there's a, a I actually like that strategy if well, I was a seller I would do that it's strategy. it's very effective yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. effective because you let the market do the work and yeah. that's that nothing is more effective than that yeah. the problem is it involves a leap of faith and right. not all sellers are willing. Yeah, you got to be able to, to stomach that. that. If you're a seller, you got to be able to stomach that. Yeah. Geez, I'm going a little bit lower, but yeah, but there's an opportunity to get it higher than what you originally thought you can get for it. But are there What's, any consequences? Like, let's say you list it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You might not well, get. Yeah, you it might, might not work out. The biggest risk in pricing anything is that you won't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking of pricing it at two five, and your broker's telling you to price it at two. Right. And it doesn't sell for two. You weren't getting two five. Yeah. Yeah. So there's really no loss. The market will, you know, will show and you the way. The worst thing that you can do is overprice a house. It is the worst thing that you can do because yeah. it's hard because enough between the marketing materials and the photography and the, the everything and then the open houses. I mean, even when it's priced right, it's still it's still hard. It's, it's still, still hard, hard to it's get hard. people it's in the door. Hard. 
but know? the price is is the most important factor Absolutely. because yeah. it's just I mean that's just econ 101 I mean it's the first thing you learn and it's the last thing that happens and it all comes down to the price you want you know you spend a lot of time getting your house ready for market we've talked in the podcast mm-hmm. the last time about getting the surveys done and getting your legal stuff in action and making sure that it's ready to trade but it also involves maybe fixing a few things and you know dressing up the yard a little bit and taking mm-hmm. care of the house making it look good but then if you hang an unattractive price on it it's all for naught it's a waste of time yeah. so the most important thing is to get that price how often even in this competitive market how many emails do we see every day price reduced right. price reduced yeah. now and reducing price in this market is not a good look yeah you know it's like I think it's right. more comfortable with though they're like let's price it high we can always drop it like that's the, that's yes. the easy thing to stomach Yes, but yes. the problem is, is when you're you waiting, start, when you, the yeah. listing gets stale. It's, all, it's, it's such like, an art. There's yeah. no. It's it's really is like a sport. Well, I, I had know, a like um, the basic training you can do, and then then you got to get a guy like Kieran in there. It's well, it's, know, uh, really it's not a sport. Experience. It's not an art. It's a business, and it's yeah. it's more of a it's, it's data, more of a science. It's, it's data it's, driven. Yeah, like exactly. It's how you work with an agent exactly. that understands you the data. We have the data. Yeah. We know what the data means, but we're also able to see it through the data a little bit. Right now, one of the data points that you're hearing a lot is this comparing new exclusives with last year. So, well, <laughs> no, with current with current in contract. So a week goes right. by, we have 35 went into contract, yeah. we got 33 new listings. Here's the problem. What are those listings? Yeah. Are they overpriced, run-down houses mm-hmm. that nobody wants? Because that's not what my buyers are looking for. Totally. I've got a stable of buyers with a year's worth of commissions that, that they would generate that have nothing, that have nothing to show them. Yeah. And just because 35 new listings come on the market doesn't mean I have 30 new houses to show them. Correct. It, it, and that's why you have to have somebody who can like read through the data a little bit and see what's going on and um, why you have somebody who's ready and, and looking for you so that when a, uh, when a house does come on the market, you are the first to know. Right. Although nowadays everybody gets that information, it's it's it's. Uh, I think there's a little bit going on in terms of uh, people. There's still a little, there's. I, I keep hearing that there's. Is that true that like pocket listings are happening? Like people. There are, are a lot of off market deals going on. Yeah, uh, there are a lot deals. of you know pocket listings. People are trying to you know if 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 I can control both sides of a, a sale, why wouldn't I? Right. Uh, and the answer to that is, are, are you, have to, you have to answer the question, are you doing what's best for the seller? Right. Yeah, and the seller right. has to be comfortable with right. that. It's like, if I'm not putting it out there Exposure. for the market yep. to maximize their price, am I really doing, are you really getting the, the most for your money? Right. Sometimes it's a trade-off. People don't want to market their house. They don't want to go through the open houses. They don't want all their friends to know they're selling. There are a lot of reasons why people want to do it quietly. That is a funny. I always find that funny when people are like embarrassed to sell their house. Like I've I've seen that before. It's yeah. like, it's like weird. It's like why would you be you're selling? I, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you have to get another guest for that one. <laughs> well, well, speaking of, of selling, so what's what's sold this week, Steve? What are the yeah, well, selling? talking about the data. I mean, I give the brief overview of what's happening in the market, but you really need, you know, an agent like Karen to really dissect it and analyze it and give you what's really going on with, with the numbers. Um, over the past week, there were 33 listings that went into contract from West Hamilton to Montauk. Last year, there were 79 listings. So you're looking at a decrease of 58% from last year, 2020. But um, when you break it down and go back to 2019, which is in more of like a, a normal-ish type of year, there were 18 deals that went into contract this week in 2019. 
So when you compare 2021 to 2019, you're looking at an 83% increase, right? 18 deals. 18 deals. That sounds deals. like like crazy. 18 in right? 2019, 79 in 2020, and then 33 in 2021. So the breakdown of these 33 transactions this week, there are two between 10 and 20 million, one between eight and 10 million, one between six and eight million, three between four and six million, 11 between two and four million, and 15 under two million. New con new listings that came onto the market, there are 27 new listings. Um, so it decreased the inventory, the overall inventory by uh, six listings. So the 27 new listings that came on the market, there was one between six and eight, five between four and six, nine between two and four, and 12 new listings came onto the market under $2 million. Can, can we just talk about that um, mm -hmm. 19 versus 21? Because yes. in 19, we had a buyer's market, and in 21, we have a seller's market. And in 19, uh, it was, it was, we were at the tail end of a three-year buyer's market. And a lot of buyers, and this goes back to winning and losing again, a lot of times buyers think the worst thing I can do in a buyer's market is overpay. I've got the edge. I've got the leverage. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to pay a penny more, and I'm going to keep waiting, and I'm going to wait till I get the right house at the right price. Well, the worst thing you can do in a buyer's market is not buy. Hmm. Because now all of a sudden, it's a seller's market. It's like yeah. it's a buyer's yeah. market. Back You're a buyer. Buy. We've yeah. had this conversation before. And on the on the flip Nothing's side, permanent. now it's a seller's market. And if you're thinking about selling and you're waiting for whatever else you're waiting for, you know, you could be disappointed because that permanent change doesn't exist. This too shall pass. I mean, the 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 the. The supply and demand sooner or later comes into balance one way or another, usually by uh, changing in pricing, as we we learned from Econ 101. But uh, you know, if 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 the problem out here again goes back to the fact that this is a choice, this is not a this is not a necessity. Uh, you know, it's it's um, an elective decision. Um, is a, is the the decision whether to buy or sell should not be based on playing the market and timing the market. Yeah. And there are so many things that go into deciding to buy or sell a house that that should be way down the list. And oftentimes it is. It usually is. Uh, you know, usually it has to do with with personal situations, not using a house. Uh, a lot of times it's a a family situation that's changing and uh, these are the things that really matter and if you're if you're timing if you're if you're waiting to time the market and you're ready to sell you should just you should just go ahead and sell um, or or not or just stop but get off the fence yeah <laughs> so what as far as like the fall coming up do you think that more people once they've kind of experienced the summer and we see more people maybe going back to the city or, I mean, obviously the whole, the, the, the rush that was COVID has passed, right? That, that, that fuel for demand. So what do you think the fall will look like as people have used their summer home that they maybe bought, you know, six months ago? I mean, do you see more well, coming on the market or? What, I, I think a lot of us are hoping that these year round rentals ease up a little bit, that pe fewer people are renting the, the houses they're in uh, for the winter months. and. That may seem counterintuitive, but one of the reasons why people are not selling is because they're making so much money renting. Mm. So if you're not getting yeah, those huge rents from September to May, 
well, then maybe you'll make the decision to sell. And so people will start selling houses that they're ready to sell. Um, and, and so that sort of artificial income that they were getting uh, as a result of, of the demand for rentals will, will ease up and people will bring their houses to the market. That's what I think I would like to see. Um, even though it means fewer rentals, it also, I think it'll mean more sales and it'll help uh, kind of ease the crunch a little bit. Interesting. Interesting. Well, summer's not over. So, Dave, what's going on? Yep, week? it's time for Happening in the Hamptons. I'm going to give you my top three picks. So, every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. at Herrick Park in East Hampton, there is a outdoor movie. And this Wednesday is Dirty Dancing, the 80s film. Nice. Are you a fan of that movie? I think that's a Hamptons Film Festival. <laughs> Who's in that operation? Dirty Patrick Dancing. Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Oh uh, yeah, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> you know, Who's that? Steve, Steve knows all the moves. Steve knows all the moves. Eighties, man. I, I thought that was like Arnold Schwarzenegger in action movies. Uh, no, Dirty Dancing. So, anyway, uh, so that's at eight thirty every time, every every Wednesday at Herrick Park, and it's an outdoor thing, and you bring a blanket, and you bring your kids, or you bring your girlfriend, and you can. Do some dirty dancing while the movie's going, maybe? I don't know. All right, so my second one is the... I don't really recommend this to compete in it, but my second one is the Montauk Lighthouse Triathlon. You can do it, there. And you should go and watch it. You should cheer people on. Bring a cooler. Dowd, <laughs> Andrew, I know you're, you're, uh, you're training... Right, you're training for exactly. Is climbing the lighthouse part of the triathlon? <laughs> no, <laughs> but it is. I mean, that's like I a warm up. That's a triathlon. I have a really so, funny story that would embarrass my son if I told it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, 15 years, I can't remember how many years ago. It is, I, I did go to it. And it is very exciting to watch the people complete it at the lighthouse. Because everyone's like, oh, it's good energy. Yeah, Where does yeah, it start? Yeah. It starts in my, it's all in Montauk? So, I mean, I think it starts uh, with a half a mile at Gin Beach, a half a mile swim. Oh, okay. And then they bike, and then they finish it off with a run, and the run ends at the lighthouse. Oh, that's and cool. the scene is at the lighthouse. Oh, that's fun. So it's like, you're like, woohoo. It's always it's good like, to go to the lighthouse. The lighthouse yeah, yeah, is always a win. So that's Sunday, July 18th. Starts at 6.30, and depending on how fast the guys run, in theory, it's going to end at 9.15. Got it. Um, and then finally, uh, I really want to uh, promote the Sag Harbor Cinema that burned down, and now it's rebuilt. It's very cool there. I went in there the other day. They let me use the Wi-Fi. Got on my computer. Had like a juice or something. It's all beautiful, really nice. So on Saturday, July 17th at 12.30 p.m. And on Sunday, July 18th at 1.30 p.m. You can, in the middle of the day, get a matinee and watch the movie Babe. You know what Babe is? Is Babe with the pig? Babe is with the Babe's pig. with the pig. You know, it's funny. You guys are reminiscing. And we're talking about the 80s, which was 40 years ago. And I grew up in the 80s. And it is 40 if years you ago. think about Please. the 40 years ago from the 80s was the 40s. Yeah. And if you think about the difference yeah. between the 40s and the 80s yeah. versus the 80s versus t today, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, oh my gosh. you know. You know, 80s is the best, man. Back to the future. Forget it. <laughs> Back to the future. Back anyway, the future that's what's going on this weekend. We are in the future. We're currently we're, in the we're future. past the future. We're past of the what future. the future yeah. Back to the Future 2 was. Right? Yeah. We know? still don't have floating cars. Yeah. We have computers yeah. here in our hands, but we don't have floating cars. Well, we need the time machine. I, well, that would be sweet. DeLoreans are still cool. <laughs> yeah. um, the billionaires are working on that next. <laughs> <laughs> they already got it. That's, uh, <laughs> that's good stuff. Kieran, thanks for joining us, Dan. We appreciate it.
Um, once again, the Happening Anthems podcast is sponsored by NeuroTitle Abstract, the Hamptons' leading title insurance firm. Visit NeuroTitle.com or TitleInsurance.com. And to see all our listings, check out Saunders.com. That's it for this Thursday. Everybody have a great day. Have a great weekend. I'm Andrew Dowd, and that is what's happening in the Hamptons.